Good morning again. This morning I will be talking about the second week of Advent, which is peace. How much peace do you have? Andy, can you put that up? Thank you. Um, it's kind of a trick question. The answer is depending on what Bible you read. See, the number of pe times peace is mentioned in the Bible varies from 263 to 428 times, depending on the version you are reading. Most of those times it's um, in the book of Psalms and the book of Isaiah. Sometimes while studying, there are various commentaries and lectures that you can get a lot of knowledge from as long as you fact-checked. And with that, I want to talk about a well-known author He offers a profound and brilliant outlook on the topic of peace. I'm sure all of you are wondering who I'm referring to. Well, he is very famous. I'm sure all of you have heard of him. He has written 42 world-famous books in 34 different languages. And he goes by the title of Doctor. Yes, I even brought a copy of one of his books with me today. Andy? Dr. Seuss. <laughs> the book is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You ask, what does that have to do with peace? For those of you that do not know the book or haven't seen the cartoon or the movie, it comes on each year about this time and usually quite a few times. See, the story is about a Grinch who lives in a cave. And to be honest, he is one of the meanest creatures you will ever hear of. In the book, he's described as being cuddly as a cactus <laughs> with termites in his smile and garlic in his soul. The bottom line is he is mean through and through. Like a bad apple, he is completely rotten down to his core. In this story, he makes it clear that he hates Christmas, hates anyone who celebrates Christmas, so he forms this wicked plan to wipe out Christmas for the cheerful Whovillians. These are the ones who live in Whoville. So on this Christmas Eve, the Grinch steals the presents, the food, and the stockings, even the decorations and the trees. As the Grinch is returning to his cave at the break of dawn, he is positively pleased that he has ruined Christmas for all of Whoville and that there will be no happy Whovillians but when we reach the end of the story, we know this is not so. And the story reads, Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence and among all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It still came. However, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could this be so? It came with ribbons. It came without bows. It even came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled for three hours until his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't thought of before. Maybe Christmas, he thought. 
doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little more. You see, the Grinch realized that there was something sacred beneath all the wrappings and trimmings, and that something was the true meaning of Christmas. But for Christians, what is the true meaning of Christmas? Particularly when, we, when there seems to be so many different voices. Because if Advent is a time of pre- preparation, we had better know what we are preparing for. As Christians, we are called to use Advent as a time of preparation and solemn expectations, a time to focus our understanding and our efforts on the promises that God makes to us during this season. Or in other words, to rediscover and reclaim the reason for the season. As Christians, we believe that the precious child that came on that night in Bethlehem was, very, was a very key to a fulfillment of God's promise that he made to us. God himself, and it was spoken of through the prophets, a promise that would bring to all who believe in him, Jesus Christ. A deeper understanding of who God is and will always be for us and in this promise that is at the heart. What are we preparing for? It was a promise that through the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of his very son, we would learn that our God is a God of love, a God of joy, a God of peace, and a God of power. But most of all, a God in whom this Advent season we focus on and put all of our hope in. During this Advent season, we place our hope on a child of Bethlehem in whom and through whom God's kingdom has come to us. Now to see the change, the Grinch isn't just sour or mean. The Grinch does harm. Why does the Grinch change? The Grinch literally repents. The Grinch turns and heads down to the Who's and down to a new life. How do people change? Change does not come by fear, by facts, or even by force. Change comes by love. The Grinch sees the Who's love one another. He sees the gratitude and the worship. Then he experiences his love. Even though he has done them great harm, they welcome him in to their community and to their table. At the end of the story, the Grinch has a new family of friends, a new way of thinking, and a new identity. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. We see loving, healing, and welcoming. The love of our Father overflowing in the flesh of our Lord and Savior, Savior, Jesus Christ. The love of the Father overflowing into the sacrifice of Jesus Christ through his life, death, and resurrection, that we gain a new family, a new way of thinking and being, and a new and transformed identity. The evil one loves to keep us distracted and divided. So today again, I am choosing the way of Jesus, the way of love, and I invite all of you to do the same. Recommit your lives to Jesus. Recommit to praying. 
Pray that the Lord uses you as an instrument of love. Let's look at some of the things that steal our peace. Worry. Obsessed about your kids and their choices. Worry about the job market, the bills, pollution, global warming. We can go on and on forever. Um, number two <clears throat> that steals our peace would be fear. The what ifs. What if my child gets sick? What if there's a fire? What if my marriage fails? What if I get sick? What if there's an accident? And we can go on with that list for a long time also. Um, number three is shame. I made bad choices. I should stop smoking. I was abused. I was abandoned. I failed. I quit. And when again, we can go on with that one again. <laughs> um, number four would be regret. I should have been a better son or wife or daughter, husband, brother, or friend. I should have behaved better. I should have listened. Number five is busyness. My calendar is full. I need a vacation just to have time to worry. <laughs> I can't say no to the boss or to someone else that asked me to do something. We need to look at this thing called peace and limit the things that rob us of our peace. Long ago, a man saw a picture of perfect peace. So he had a contest, and painters from all over the world gave their version of what peace was to them in hopes of winning this contest. There were two pictures that made it to the final round. Picture one had a, smear, a mirror smooth lake that had a perfect reflection of the blue sky. There were the greenest trees anyone has ever seen and a grassy shoreline and a flock of sheep grazing in the distance. Surely this was the winner, or was it? Picture number two had a noisy waterfall cascading down a rocky cliff. A storm, stormy gray and black clouds threatened to explode with lightning, wind, and rain. On the edge of one of the crevices near the waterfall, there was a crooked tree clinging to the rocks, and on one side of its branches was a small nest under the spray of the waterfall. And in the nest was a mother bird with her eyes closed and her wings sheltering her baby. She manifested true peace. In order to have true peace, you must have some turmoil. And the second painting won the contest. The moment we were converted, we found peace with God. Because as sinners, we were at odds with God. Then we received the peace of God that assures us salvation and security in all situations. The added bonus is that we also have the God of peace that will never leave us or forsake us. It is a supernatural peace. In Philippians 4, verse 7, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. The peace we receive upon becoming a child of God is supernatural. We do not get a generic form of peace or some alternate form of peace, but we get the peace of God. Amen?
There has never been a time when God has been surprised or rattled due to some circumstances. He is always in control. The peace that defines God is the very peace that he extended to each one of us, of his children, you and me. One of the biblical examples I found was Gideon. In Judges 6, 22 and 23, when Gideon realized that he was, um, that he had seen an angel of the Lord, he said, oh no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the face of, face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace to you, don't be afraid, for you will not die. Gideon had a supernatural encounter with the angel of the Lord and was fearful of death. In that moment, in his deepest fear, Gideon has extended a word of comfort and peace. The Lord himself extended his supernatural peace and vanquished his fear of death. Gideon was so confounded and in awe that he had not been slain that he called this place Jehovah is Peace. And on that very spot of ground, he dedicated an altar to God. The idea here is that the peace of God surpasses any measuring system we might try to use as a gauge. It exceeds, it is superior, and it rises above. And it has no earthly similarity of a human being. We are trying to use his mental capacity to discern how powerful the peace of God he will be incapable. The peace of God is like finding a bag full of diamonds in a bubblegum machine. It is like buying a firecracker, and when you light the fuse, the explosion is bigger than a nuclear bomb. It would be like opening an eight-ounce bottle of water to suffice the thirst of the entire world over and over until nobody could drink another drop. Gideon was fearful of dying, but upon receiving this immeasurable peace, he began to worship and build an altar. This peace is beyond all of comprehension and calculation. And I have observed this peace time after time. Only the peace of God can allow someone to lay aside their worries and place them on the shoulders of God. The, the, only the peace of God can soothe the fears of a family as their loved one faces disease, despair, and even death. It is only the peace of God that can allow someone to calmly look you in the eye and tell you that they have placed everything in God's hand and they know that it will be okay. I have seen this peace firsthand and have no vocabulary to express how powerful and productive this peace can be. I have experienced this peace over and over again in my life. It is better than any medication that can be prescribed and exceeds any counseling one can purchase. I have had the honor of seeing this peace in the lives of dear saints of God. I have seen this peace at the hospital, at the altar of the church, and on the couches at people's homes. This peace is above and beyond any comfort the world can offer. The peace of God is balm for a broken heart and therapy for a burdened mind. How many are here today that are in deep desperation? 
as you are trying to make it day in and day out. How many are having restless nights and insomnia has crept into your bedroom and you would pay to have a good night's rest? The world is full of desperation. The churches that are meeting all over the world today are filled with people consumed with worry and deep desperation. We are constantly being bombarded with thieves that want to rob us of this peace. The moment you begin to depend on your ability rather than God's ability, you will then begin to depend on your own peace and not the peace that comes from God. The peace of God is a stabilizing peace and it will grant us serenity in the face of tremendous difficulty and dread. This peace is like a healing balm and it is God's aromatherapy for one's mind and heart. The first step of peace in our Christian walk is having peace with God. Then we have the peace of God as we begin to live out our Christian faith. Thirdly, we have the, pe we have the God of peace that abides with us as we embark on our journey. We are never alone. The very idea of that thought is beyond human comprehension. The very God of the universe is with us as we experience his wondrous peace and his presence. If you are living in sin, then you are probably miserable. You might appear to be the same to everyone around you, but you and God know different. When we live with unconfessed sin or a lifestyle that we know is sinful, we cannot expect to have the peace of God. We live in an unpeaceful state at best. It robs our joy and witnessing for Christ because we think, who am I to share Christ with another person? I am not even living it. If we can't get rid of our resentment and anger, we'll never have peace. With no peace, there is no peace of mind. Now, I want to try something a little different today. I want each of you to grab the pen and paper that was handed out to you. And I want you to write down something that you've had a hard time of letting go. Maybe you were hurt or betrayed by someone. Whatever it is, write it down. So you gave it to God. So do not try to carry that any longer. It belongs to God now. And now the peace of God can fully be restored. You see, the Christmas season is anything but a time of peace for many. Many are stressed about finances and feel the pressure to buy gifts so they, are, they have anxiety instead of peace. Some have dis difficult relationships with family and added pressure of the Christmas season makes life feel more like a war than a life of peace. Peace of mind and heart, peace with others, feeling at peace, these are all important, but the Bible speaks of a peace that is of supreme importance. In fact, it is the most important peace. And without, without it, peace in other areas of our, our life would not exist. I am speaking of the peace of God. In the end, what matters most in life is do you have peace 
with God. Your Christmas tree can be filled with gifts. Your home can be decorated beautifully. And you can have great gatherings with family and friends. But in the end, do you have peace with God? If you're a believer here this morning, this is something we need to remind ourselves of and live in light. Let's look at the need for peace with God, the way to it, and the requirements to have it. Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies with, um, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? In those pas passages, the theme of Advent is throughout. Hope, peace, joy, and love. It is Christ and his work that stands at the center and is the good news of the gospel of Christ. Brings about hope, peace, joy, and love. When we read these passages, we start with therefore. What is it therefore? It points back. He is saying, in light of these truths, the sinfulness of man, the justice and judgments of God, righteousness in Christ. No one is neutral with God. Every one of us has, is on one side or the other. You cannot be neutral with God, even though many people believe they can be a sp spiritual Switzerland and, re and want to remain neutral. The Bible tells us that is impossible. We are either on the side of God or we oppose God. Those of us here that are saved must realize that you were apart from God at one point. Well, we have been brought into a relationship with him. Believers need to be reminded we were never neutral with God. And if you are not a believer, today you need to know there is no neutral with God. Dear Christians, you probably have friends that think they can be neutral with God. They can't, and we all know it. This Christmas, we have friends and family who will celebrate the birth of a king who is going to return in full judgment, even if they think they are neutral. To have peace with God means to be in a relationship with God in which all the hostility caused by sin has been removed. It is no, 
It is to exist no longer under the wrath of God. When we have peace with God, we can also have the inner peace that comes from, a now, from knowing things and knowing things that are right between us and God, the creator, the judge, the great I am, the God Almighty. Peace is the equivalent to a Hebrew word, shalom. In this Old Testament, the word for peace was a rich word that spoke of a holistic peace. The fundamental idea behind the word shalom is wholeness in one's relationship with God. It defines a harmony of relationship based upon the completion of a transaction. The giving of satisfaction, it does not mean that we simply have a truce where outward conflict disappears but inner turmoil remains. It is not merely a ceasefire. We didn't move from enemies of God to neutral. We talk about peace at this time of year, but can there be peace on earth? With God, yes. With man, no. Let's think about trying to get peace in this world. Without God, since the beginning of recorded history, the world has been at peace, a total peace at 8% of the time. In over 3,100 years of recorded history, that's only 286 years without war in some part of the world. During that same time period, 8,000 treaties have been broken as well. <laughs> I wonder when we talk about peace at Christmas, if people think, that what peace did Jesus bring? There's still wars. Jesus brought peace of God through his death and his resurrection. He came to reconcile God and man. But there are still side effects of sin on this earth. We still have wars, turmoil, sickness, and death. And what about personal peace? Peace at home? Peace at work? Financial peace? Here's the good news. Upon Jesus' return, there will be an everlasting peace on this earth. But do you know, we don't have to wait until Jesus returns. To experience peace in our life, we can have peace right now. If there's someone you need to forgive, are you holding a grudge? Did you drop that in the box and hand it over to God? If not, if not guess whose peace is in turmoil? Yours, not theirs. But we can have peace through Jesus he promised to come back and bring peace to the earth. Imagine the peace of God is like a large home. Everyone wants in. In that home, there is safety and security. There is only one door to get into that home. That door is represented by Jesus. The only way to unlock that door and walk through is by faith. Once inside, you have all you have full access to the whole house. You've got all the benefits of peace with God. Believers, you are in the house. You have peace with God. You have all the benefits of that. God is working for your good. You have the Spirit of God present or present and active in your life. It all started with peace, the peace of God. Just remember, as we leave here today, you have given these things over to God. 
and they are his now. Do not carry them any longer. There is a big difference in having worldly peace and having, or that only lasts for a moment, and having the peace that comes from God that lasts for an eternity. And no matter what storms we face, may the peace of God be with you all. This time of year, I usually try to remember all the people that are shut-ins and homeless or um, they're shut-ins and have no family. Um, those people at this time of year are really lonely. Uh, they're lonely all year, but this time of year, we, you know, I usually focus on them. And I just ask, if you know someone like that, reach out to them this week and, and talk to them, maybe go visit them. May God bless all of you. Amen.